You know, I don't think we really talk about the movement of the Spirit enough. You don't think so? No. I mean, I, I feel like we're beginning to talk about the movement of the Spirit here in Ascension more than usual. Yes, definitely. And I still wonder if we give the Spirit enough attention. I think historically in the church, we don't give the Spirit enough attention. And I think because we haven't given her that much attention historically, oh my goodness, we are just ripe to live in in connection with the Holy Spirit. So we give the Spirit a little bit more attention today on the podcast, and we're We've jumped into Acts 2, and and so we talk a little bit about the turbulent nature of the Spirit. Yes. The gift of the Spirit. The Upside-downness of the, the Spirit. The upside-downness and fire of the Spirit. And hopefully today's conversation opens you to a new and deepening awareness of how the Spirit's moving in your life. So stay tuned. <laughs> so today, we're talking about Acts chapter 2, which is my favorite chapter. I wonder why. Right. I mean, the Holy this is the Holy Spirit's moment. I mean, she has lots of moments. Lots of moments, but I guess if you were going to pinpoint one in scripture, this kind of seems to be it. Well, and I kind of think this is I think of oftentimes I think of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit's birthday. But but she's, I mean, she's been around for a long time, so it's not exactly like she's being birthed. But, as we'll talk about, it, it is her birthing in a totally new way. Totally new way. Yeah. And in a way that is newly part of our birthing. Right. Yeah. So it's like our birthday of receiving the Holy Spirit. How exciting. It is so exciting. So Pentecost every year... Just remember, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's the day you receive the Holy Spirit. It's the best birthday to celebrate. For sure. So what about the Holy Spirit? I mean, there, there's something just in the way that chapter 2 kicks off with the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm just going to read... Um, I'm going to read the first couple of verses here. So they're all gathered uh, together, all the disciples. And suddenly, verse 2, suddenly there came a noise like a turbulent wind born out of the sky, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared before them tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest, one each upon one of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them. All of them. So that's enough to unpack just right there in those <laughs> right? two and a half verses. Right. What, what jumps out at me mm -hmm. is, 
So I've flown a lot in the past several years mm-hmm. and and I'm always mindful of that little warning that um, the pilot comes on and says, we're experiencing a little bit turbulence. We're going to turn off those, uh, we're going to turn on those fastened seat belts, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the the flight attendants, they all have to go sit down. So you, so you, you don't get your snacks. You don't get your drinks. It's wretched when you don't get your snacks. You can't go to the bathroom and you've got to strap down to your seat. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you make it sound so harsh. That's, <laughs> it, it sounds harsh when they come over the intercom and, and say those words. And when I was rereading this uh, again this morning, I immediately thought about experience tur- experiencing turbulence on an airplane, mm. and and I started thinking, yeah, the spirit came upon the disciples in that room, and it was turbulent, a turbulent, a turbulent wind. wind, yeah. And I and I just started thinking, yeah, this the spirit can be quite turbulent. And you yeah. better you better strap yourself down to something. <laughs> Don't go to the bathroom; you might miss something. <laughs> you know, and and I'm sorry, but y- you're you're not going to get any snacks right now because the spirit's with you, right? And and I was I was kind of reflecting on that, thinking, when did we ever get this idea mm. that life and the spirit was so smooth? Well, I think. In all fairness, I think we get it from Jesus' baptism. I mean, <laughs> the do- the dove comes down from heaven. And, and we hear the voice going, ah. Yeah, with you I am well pleased. You know, it, it is, it's, it's sweet, it's smooth, it's gentle. It's, yeah. I mean, what happens next is a more of a rock your world. Right, and this, this because the Spirit is the one who leads Jesus into the wilderness right after, after the baptism, and so. But in the moment, I think we do like to to focus on that just sweet dove coming down, mm-hmm. and and so I think we get that idea. And don't you think we get the idea of the the Holy Spirit being smooth just because that's what we want the Holy Spirit to be? Well. Don't we? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, I just like I talk a lot about staying in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I want that flow to be smooth. I don't want oh, it to be course. bumpy. I don't want it to be turbulent. I don't want it to rock my world. I just want to, you know, like laying in a stream and kind of just being carried along. Mm-hmm. So oh, it sounds marvelous. It doesn't it? And in my experience, living life with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty turbulent. It's pretty turbulent. But I, I totally agree. That's my experience as well. However, I will say there are smooth times too. It, it is both ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And I have found if you do not, I had a mentor a long time ago in CPE, um, clinical pastoral education. She She would say if you do not respect um, the flowing times, you're not going to have what you need to face the turbulence when you're ebbing. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, luckily, I think the spirit does come in both. Mm-hmm. But For, we're, fortunately. For, thanks be to God. And right here at the beginning of Acts 2, though, we're getting a taste of high turbulence. Yeah. So much so that the flight attendants have to sit down also. Got to sit down. Yeah. And and then this business of the tongues. And 
And you, we, we had a conversation about this the other day. Mm-hmm. You noticed something that I had not noticed either yeah. in, in the tongues of fire. Right. So that the, the tongues were divided. Yeah. Right? So it's like as if they were all together mm-hmm. and then the breath of the spirit just like, like splits them apart. They become divided and they just rest yeah. on these people's heads. I mean, what? I always just skipped right past those tongues of fire and go right to the, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Just like take a deep breath yeah. <laughs> and you'll be filled with the Spirit. So, yeah, we, we, we overlook the parts about the, the turbulence of the Spirit. And, and the fire. And the Spirit setting people's hair on fire. Right. That's what it kind of, if you look at some of those um, icons about... Um, receiving the tongues. It's yes. always this little flame like resting right up above their heads. Right. Well, you know, even in um, the dove window in our church, I'd never noticed this um, before, but there's there's tongues of fire. Yeah. And it looks like the dove is spitting, spitting fire. Spitting them, right. Yeah. And what? That sweet dove spitting fire? Right. <laughs> but isn't that the marvelous sort of blending of... so yeah. Because it's the baptismal imagery of that dove Coming in down. that window. Yeah. And, and it's and it's that um, the tongues of fire the tongues of fire coming from the spirit mm-hmm. and and they don't they don't go without the other right you know that um, when the spirit moves the spirit always comes in full force like you don't get part of the spirit right 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 there's Unless, no there's no I, I was thinking of that kid song. Um, saying with my kids for a long time, you know, the baby shark, do, 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 do. There's no baby spirit. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's just full on spirit. <laughs> you know? And we don't experience all of that if we're not um, willing to have our hearts changed. Right, right. Right. Okay. Well, so, but let's back up. I, I know. We got to get to Joel. Let's get to Joel. Oh my gosh. I love, I, and this used to be a piece that I just would totally overlook. And then last year or no, no, it wasn't last year. It was two, maybe two years ago, two Pentecost ago. Um, I, I was just, I was preaching on Pentecost or I don't know. I can't remember anyway. Um, but I was meditating on this Joel piece and how, Joel, can you read that that piece about when Peter stands up and, and says, hey, guys, they're not drunk, right? Because everybody's like, what in the world is going on? Yeah, wait a minute. I, I do. That is one of my favorite lines in all of Scripture. Okay. Where everybody comes and says, oh, you guys are just drunk. And, and Peter says, oh, oh, please, it's not even 9 o'clock yet. Right. And because 9 o'clock is the holy hour. You know, it's nine o'clock somewhere. It's nine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I forget about five o'clock in the evening. Right. It's nine a.m. somewhere. Us. Yes. So, rather, these men are not drunk, says Peter. Yes. Rather, this is what was declared through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall happen, says God, that I will pour forth my, from my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall dream dreams. Yes, in those days I will pour forth from my spirit, even upon my male slaves and my female slaves, and they shall prophesy. 
and I will send prodigies in the sky above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and resplendent day of the Lord arrives. I mean, that's turbulent. It's this turbulent. Is so turbulent. Moon turns to blood. Yeah, okay. All right. So <laughs> let's back it up way to the beginning, though. So, so Peter is responding to the fact that people are wondering what in the world just happened. They're full of awe, but they're also perplexed. Yeah. And, you know, when we're perplexed, we start going, what is happening? What's going on? Can somebody please explain this to me? What are these guys smoking? What is up? Right. And so, so Peter stands up and he's like, guys, yep, it's, it's not happy hour. <laughs> and, um, and starts pulling from the prophecy of Joel. And, and it's just, it's right there. He's like, guys, this is what's been fulfilled in yeah. front of our very eyes. This is what's moving our hearts. This is what's happening to us. And if you're listening to our sister podcast, mm. The Axe Project, I loved the way Robbie Lockett was talking about mm. this passage um, of Joel and how, you know, these, what? You're going to even give your, um, even daughter, even women are yeah. going to be part of receiving the spirit. What? Even slaves? Mm -hmm. This is just crazy. And then e even the female slaves. Wild. <laughs> Absolutely mind blowing. Right. And so anyway, I loved the way Robbie talked about that. I was, when I was walking and listening, I just got this big smile on my face, but because I so resonated with the way he was talking about it. This is the turbulence of the spirit. This is the unexpected being made manifest. You know, because I think about, you know, just go back one chapter to, to chapter one when um, Jesus was telling them, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to go, but hey, 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 don't worry. The Holy Spirit is, is on the way. There's no, and, and you know, even in the Gospel of John, when Jesus kind of tells the disciples a little bit what that may be like, there's absolutely no way for them to know what it will actually be like. It's like when someone tries to tell you about having a baby. There's no way to fully know and appreciate that experience until you've had it. And so, so here's the Holy Spirit. And of course, they're not like, oh yeah, Jesus said this is what was going to happen. They're all going, What's happening? Yeah. Right? And so I, I love, though, that Peter, Peter doesn't, he could have just said, hey, guys, remember a few days ago when Jesus was saying, da, da, da? he goes all the way back to Joel. He, he does what Jesus always did. Right. Right. Right, right, And right. this is Peter's opportunity to really take, take a lesson, to shine and take a lesson from Jesus. Yeah. And he lives right into it. He does really well. Yeah. Really, really well. So there's that piece of Joel and and Peter um, under <laughs> explaining it to everyone, and and I think they're starting to kind of catch the drift, right? It start. Oh well, that that does seem to be like what's going on. That that does seem to help with me understanding my experience. Um, but then there's this piece where it talks about um, cutting to the heart. Can you find that piece? Um Oh, you want to say something else? Go. Just one thing, Please. because what's so important about, well, one of the important things about this prophecy is that it inverts the the normal way of, of how people think about the prophecies and dreams. Mm. Because it's yeah. usually 
the the young ones who prophesy and the old ones who have dreams right and and no it's it's um when the spirit comes upon all flesh changes everything right changes everything and the old ones will prophesy and your and your young ones will dream dreams mm-hmm. and so it's it 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 inverts somewhat of that anticipated paradigm of who receives what, mm-hmm. and 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 we get that that full awareness that no 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 when the spirit comes the spirit comes yeah and and whoever's there receiving it is who gets it mm-hmm. and whoever's there to speak speaks mm-hmm. N- no <laughs> the spirit is not concerned with who you are right the spirit is concerned with what. God is up to in the world. That's it. And it's all and we're all equal opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's, you know, given given our author Luke, I think so much of what I love about the gospel of Luke is how Jesus is for all people. Not a respecter of persons. No. And and so there's this coming to all of humanity. Right, and mm-hmm. then and then here is the spirit coming to all of humanity yeah. in Acts, um, and so okay, and so then down in verse thirty-seven it says, "And hearing this, they were pierced in heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What may we do, men, brothers?' When they should have been saying saying women, sisters, <laughs> because we know that." that the spirit was uh, was in all and peter's response is change your hearts and let each of you be baptized upon the name of jesus the anointed okay so this is what happens this is what happens when the spirit comes upon us what i what i love about how how Luke describes this whole scenario for us mm-hmm. is that the ch- the change of heart comes after the heart's pierced. Right. You would think. I mean, I could. I would actually conceive of my heart is changed as soon as I receive that Holy Spirit. So there, there are a couple of different things because we we talk a lot about preparing our hearts, yes. changing our hearts. Yeah. And so that we'll be ready when when the spirit comes piercing, as yes. it were. Yeah. And and what seems to be happening here is that the piercing of our heart is always always precedes the heart's transformation. And it's and it's that deep awareness that the spirit is always there piercing our heart. Mm. The, it is the gift of the Spirit to pierce our hearts so that we can be transformed and so that we can open ever wider to what the Spirit's up to, so that we can um, receive the fullness of our baptism, so that we can um, receive even tongues of fire, so that we can listen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what seems to be, that's what the Spirit seems to be up to in piercing our hearts. Mm-hmm. And then Peter says, now change. Now change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, I mean, think about in your own life. um, 
you know, the times when I have felt the movement of the Spirit, I have felt, experienced that piercing of my heart. And I mean, and I so appreciate um, their, the apostles' response, right? It was, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. When, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, this is, oftentimes I think, God, this is painful. This is awful. Um, or I'm just overwhelmed with joy and wonder. But there is that next question of, now what? Like, what do I do with this? And it makes it so plain. Change your heart. This isn't just this isn't just like a oh yeah the the spirit hit you, mm-hmm. and you just you had a moment. It's in order for transformation to happen, there has to be change. There has to be change, and notice that Peter doesn't say, "Okay, so you need to go out and um, give give this amount of money to the poor, mm-hmm. and you need to go out." He doesn't give a list of things to do. Right. It's not goal oriented. It's not goal oriented. It's, it's intention oriented. There you go. Say more about that. Well, so I think that um, intention oriented means I have to keep my heart open, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's you know we've talked about that some on this podcast of um, I think a lot of us human beings we're like I'll I'll be vulnerable kind of moment moment to moment or you know I'll be have a moment here and I'll have maybe a moment there of being um vulnerable of my heart being open and and certainly when we are in the process of of learning to have an open heart to live out of heart consciousness mm-hmm. then it does take some practice like I wouldn't just recommend like just okay now just go out and have your heart open all the time you know <laughs> I mean I think that would be quite dangerous um, so I do think that there is a titration experience that happens, right? And and in that, we we learn that our hearts are um, are way stronger than we ever thought they were, for sure, and that we are quite capable, actually, with the grace of God mm-hmm. and the breath of the Spirit to keep them open. So, so what I'm saying is, is to be intention oriented means that you live into this spiritual practice of, of over time, genuinely kind of always having your heart open to experience life moment by moment and trusting that, that the spirit is meeting you there. Yeah. And, and that intentionality keeps us out of all those other categories of, well, do, do I do this? Do I do that? Is this right? Is this wrong? And it keeps us really trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I dip into my heart consciousness? How do I, how do I get in, out of my head into my heart, as it were, and, and see everything and everyone from that place mm-hmm. with with that intentionality of just compassion and love and 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 go where that goes yeah right with without trying to direct it or or bring about a particular end just try to be and and let the spirit move mhm 
right? Right. Right. So, so that's, you know, piercing of the heart. And, and you were thinking too, I want you to jump in here about Mary. Oh, I mean, I think it, the language of piercing of the heart, it, it, it can't for me at least not draw back to Mary's encounter with Simeon. Mm-hmm. And, and which again is Luke, which again, you know, Luke is telling that, telling that story. And, and so Mary and Joseph are presenting Jesus in the temple and Simeon, um, offers that wonderful hymn, um, the, the nunc diminis as we refer to it, which is, um, oh, my, mine eyes have seen the salvation. Now I can, now I can die in peace. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a marvelous, he, he waited his whole life to see the Messiah and and he got to see the Messiah, and he and he goes to he goes to die um, with promise fulfilled in pure bliss, mm-hmm. and and he tells Mary before he wanders off. He says, "This one will be responsible for the rise and fall of many, and and a sword will pierce your own heart too." And. And just to, I mean, Mary had already been through plenty. 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 Mm-hmm. She knew what it was like for the spirit to pierce her heart already. Mm-hmm. And then Simeon says, and then a sword will pierce your own soul too. And it's a... Um, I think it's the realization that the spirit doesn't just pierce us once. Right. You know, it's not a one and done kind of thing. And the transformation of heart is not, oh, once you got it, you got it. It's a it's an ongoing daily change and transformation. And and the spirit comes and, and pierces us from time to time mm-hmm. so that our heart can continue undergoing that transformation. Right. And when we receive that gift, um, that's when we begin to, I think, really inhabit the movement of the Spirit in the world in such way that we actually do perceive everything from that place of heart consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine. Just imagine not even what the world would look like, but but what the smallest of our communities might look like if we were able to dip into that heart consciousness, let ourselves be pierced by the Spirit, and give ourselves to just a little bit of that transformation of heart. Just imagine how different our interactions with others would be. Mm. Just imagine the opportunities of just some good, good old-fashioned kindness. Yeah, transformative for sure. Transformative. And you know what? What seems to 
be bubbling up for me right now is I think life would feel unhurried. Mm. Because it sometimes it, it just feels like everything is rushing somewhere and that we need to make decisions quickly. Right. And and there's something about this piercing of the heart that opens us to transformation and to be able to hear and to listen that seems to call attention to a real unhurried state, a a real calmness and stillness. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me actually of something my spiritual director sent to me. She emailed this to me just yesterday. Yesterday, it said, this is, is the quote, yesterday I had a good morning. Once again, when I recollect myself, recollect myself, I can again find the same simple demands of God, gentleness, humility, charity, interior simplicity. Nothing else is asked of me. And suddenly I saw clearly why these virtues are demanded, because through them, the soul becomes inhabitable for God and one's neighbor in an intimate and permanent way. They make a pleasant sell of it. Hardness and pride repel, complexity disquiets, but humility and gentleness welcome, and simplicity reassures. The passive virtues have an eminently social character. There is something to this simplicity and how it it calms and slows things down. And right there in the end of chapter 2, when it talks about the disciples gathering day by day, mm-hmm. it says they shared their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Yeah. I mean, there's... That simplicity of heart. So, <laughs> my um, <clears throat> my PhD advisor um, spoke of spoke of God as a country bumpkin hmm. because because God is the most simple being out there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and simple in that in that um, that deepening sense that God is never distracted. Right. Right. God is never hurried. Right. God always acts in the fullness of time and God's attention is always single, Mm -hmm. simple, deliberate, intentional. And there's something about that intentionality of sharing life day by day, inhabiting this transformation of heart that pierces our pierces our hearts, pierces our souls, that does lend itself to simplicity. Mm-hmm. It does. And doesn't that seem like such a gift? <laughs> Thinking about how 
complex my life can be at times, it seems quite a gift. Quite a gift. I just want to read starting uh, verse 46. And from day to day, they steadfastly remained in the temple in concord of spirit and breaking bread in one house after another, they shared their food in gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added those who were being saved to their company. Hmm. So these people just kept coming. They just wanted to be part of... Who wouldn't want to? I know, yeah. right? Right? And, and again, with that deepening intentionality and, and daily daily habit of life, sharing life together, mm-hmm. it keeps us from worrying about all the rewards and the goals and, and, and whatever the future might bring. And it enables us to really trust mm-hmm. because it was the Lord that added to their numbers. They were being faithful. Right. They were heeding the call. They were listening. They were changing their hearts. And the Lord added the increase. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, what a lesson for all of us. Right. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It's tremendous. It's tremendous, and it keeps us from slipping into worry. Right. Yeah. Because worry is a disquieted heart. Yeah. Definitely not a heart that's still. Definitely not. Yeah. So, I mean, we've covered a lot here in chapter two. And like, like we said at the beginning, I mean, we could, I mean, we could have done five episodes just on chapter two of Acts. Mm -hmm. So we hope all of you have really hearty conversations around, um, chapter two. Um, hopefully you're finding friends and family to talk about, uh, these, lively scriptures with. Um, If you'd like to come and join us, we would love to have you join us around our tables on Sunday mornings at 9.15, 9.15 to 10.15 on Sunday mornings. Um, We're right here studying um, Acts in small groups. Do join us. And we hope that you will join us this evening for our Tools of Aliveness. Tools of Aliveness from 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, we're going to be talking about embodiment mm. and what our bodies have to do with our lives of faith, with our spirituality. Um, so much of the time we just we live in our heads and we don't think our bodies have anything to do with our faith or our spirituality. And it turns out they have a lot to do. Just go read Acts 2. Just go read Acts 2. Noticing the feelings and sensations of being filled by the Holy Spirit. Um, So I hope you'll join us uh, this, yeah, tonight, Sunday evening, 5 to 6 p.m. in our parish hall for a hearty uh, dialogue about embodiment and some spiritual practice to help us drop into our bodies and pay a little bit more attention um, to what's going on there. And please know you're always welcome here in Church of the Ascension for any of our services of worship um, happening every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And once again, 9.15 for these conversations in the book of Acts. Don't miss out. 
Your heart is hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen.